And welcome, everybody, to episode 102 of the Progression to Me podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today, like he does every Monday afternoon, is my good friend and my co-host, Aiden Haller. Aiden, how are we doing today, man? We are good. Uh, Victory Monday, the rare Victory Monday for um, Bears Nation. Um, Feeling good, man. Feeling good. It is... It is another lovely Monday. Can't wait to talk waivers. I've even got some tight ends for you guys today. So, um, yeah, really excited to dive in and kind of um, should I help you out this week. Love that energy. The 49ers haven't played yet, so I'm I'm kind of just waiting around until they play kickoff here. In a, What's the line on that? I haven't looked. It's got to be around a touchdown. Let me see here. I, I actually don't know what the line is on that. I'm pulling it up right now. It's Niners by a touchdown. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty high for a for a home dog to be down a touchdown. But I think the Niners respond after a tough loss in uh, in Cleveland. So I'm yeah. I'm excited to watch that game tonight. Yeah, I think that should be um, I think that should be an easy one. But you never know. You never know. Primetime Kirk. Let's see which one we got. On today's episode, we have our week eight week eight waiver wire targets with Fab bids. After back-to-back brutal fantasy injury weekends in weeks five and six, week seven was a little bit kinder to us, Aiden. The fantasy gods were, they were like, all right, these guys have these guys have had enough. Well, unless you were a B. John Robinson uh, fantasy manager. But it was like, hey, you guys have had enough. We're not going to take Anthony Richardson from you. We're not going to take Devon A-Chan from you guys this week. Uh, we'll, we'll give you a bit of a breather. But there were some injuries, so we'll have to sort through that and give some recommendations off of that. This week was a brutal buy-mageddon. We saw six teams on a buy in week eight. No buys. No buys. Zero. Less injuries. Makes Let's sense. go. Let's go. But regardless... We know you, our listeners, our subscribers, the mean team. You're looking for streamers. You're looking for injury replacements. And we're going to try and parse through the best options this week for you on the waiver wire. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts might be over, but you can still put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to $100, they are offering a mystery pick'em special. When you sign up using promo code RTM. All right. First things first, Aiden, we got to get through some of the injury news that have come out. For all of you at home, we are recording this Monday afternoon, 2.05 ish, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So a lot of stuff still has to come out, but we have some preliminary information on impactful injuries that we're going to have to monitor over the course of this week and throughout the rest of the fantasy season. So starting things off, Aiden, uh, the Deshaun Watson injury, he got tested out for a concussion, didn't have a concussion. Um, he's They're saying he's going to play in week eight, and they kept him out as a precaution. Um, I don't know. We talked about this on our recap show that just dropped on the feed. If you haven't had to take a chance yet, our, our reactions episode's out. I'm I'm probably not dropping Watson because he's been decent for fantasy, but no, weird can't do that. Weird you, vibes. You can't do that. Weird vibes. But something to monitor. I don't think I'll be starting Watson if you have him uh, until the shoulder. We know more about it, and he's played a full game off of it. But just something to monitor with Watson and how that impacts Amari Cooper because it greatly impacted Amari Cooper uh, this week with PJ Walker. Another injury to keep an eye on. 
and it's somebody who played the entire game with the injury. It looked like Jalen Hurts got hurt last night. Um, he was moving pretty slow in the second half. Did you see that? Came out with a knee yeah, brace. Came out with a knee brace on. So again, we're probably expecting Jalen Hurts to play in Week Eight, but it's just something to monitor, right? Like, is yep, he getting absolutely. rest days? And I don't know. Um, one that I think is really going to impact fantasy managers is Jerome Ford. It looks like Jerome Ford hurt his right ankle. No idea if this is of a low ankle or high ankle. I think some people that I trust on Twitter are saying this is a high right ankle sprain. You know what that means, Aiden. That's like three to four weeks. So It's not great. Yeah, at that position, yeah, you, you kind of got to sit out for a couple of yeah. weeks before you can actually cut or make any meaningful movement on that. It's a bummer. Another injury, too, is a guy who, who missed about uh, probably the whole first half last night almost, but then he played in the second half is, is Jalen Waddell. It looks like he hurt his back last night. Um I don't know. Fine too. I don't know. He. I don't. Know. I don't know if he's going to miss any time. Weird. He did come back into the game, but sometimes we've seen this where guys come back into the game, then they sit out the next week to be precautious. I. I don't know. Just something to monitor with Jalen Waddle's back. Um, another one here that's a real bummer for me is Christian Watson. He, he hurt his knee, uh, his right knee in particular. There's concern for a meniscus injury, potential MCL potentially even a, a PCL situation similar to Traylon Burks. Uh, Christian Watson's had a myriad of injuries on his right leg, whether it be hamstring, meniscus, MCL. It's He's been through the ringer on the right side of his body. He's probably getting an MRI, MRI as we you know talk through this. Wouldn't be shocked if he landed on IR. Um, even if it isn't a severe injury, and, and I don't think he's towards ACL and he's out for the whole season type situation, but even if it isn't like, a meniscus tear or a meniscal injury, he's probably going to miss a game regardless. So it didn't look great. Did you see the video of it? His knee buckling? Yeah, not a good throw. Not a good throw. <laughs> it was, it the was, throw killed him. He was wide open for it, 20 yards. It was, it was like the Khalil Herbert one a couple weeks ago where, like, just super underthrown, kind of had to try to work back at the ball, and, like, the leg just got caught under him. So, yeah, yeah super unfortunate. It's like it's – yeah, you, yeah, you kind of hate to see those. Um, Luke Musgrave, another Packer, he left uh, yesterday's yeah, left the stadium bro. in a left ankle boot. Um, I, I've read and done some research that could have just been precautionary. They're saying it's most likely a low ankle sprain for for Luke Musgrave, so he might miss next week. He might play through it. I don't know if he has a low ankle sprain, he probably plays through it, right? I mean, that's yeah, I would think yeah, so. That's kind of the the gist. Uh, and last injury piece of news, Gerald Everett. So Gerald Everett hurt his quad in the second half of that game. I'm seeing on my end that it's a mild quad strain. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, he didn't return. Donald Parham is definitely, um, you know, gets a boost with him out. Even then, I was, you know, reading some stuff. It appears that if you have a mild quad strain, you might miss a week. You could probably play through it. It doesn't. It doesn't appear like it's going to really sink Gerald Everett too much, and we'll get to Gerald Everett a little bit later in the episode. But we we have so, I have some Gerald Everett thoughts. Um, so those are the injuries again. No real superstars hurt this week, which is thank God. Yeah, dude. we needed it. I we needed Watson's it probably the biggest star, on it. or I guess both Watson and four Watson squared four and yeah, two. He's not four. a huge star, but people are counting on him now. So. I, yeah. yeah, we'll see. It's very TBD, but yeah, no Anthony Richardson, 
no a chains no justin fields no guys that you took super high that are uh, getting hurt i mean austin eckler got hurt but he ended up returning back to the game it looked like he aggravated his ankle it's tbd we'll see if he practices this week and what that looks like but he seemed fine uh when he went back in the game but you know yep. something something i noticed Really quickly here, players you could drop. So the past couple weeks, each time I've said drop a player, they've actually played really well. So two weeks ago, I said drop Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks. Who do you know? They have their best weeks of the year. Uh, last week, I said, hey, you can go ahead and drop Dalton Kincaid. Um, yeah. <laughs> I only have two guys here, and I'm playing it ultra conservative for you guys. I'd feel pretty comfortable dropping Zach Evans. Um yeah, that's unfortunate. Royce Freeman seems like the clear backup to to Daryl Henderson, and, and we'll talk a little bit more there. And then this one is really strange. Um, in Keontae Ingram, what the hell was I, that? I don't know. I really don't know. He saw ten attempts against the Rams and thirty seven percent of the snaps, and then against the Seahawks this week, he didn't no see sure. a single offensive snap. He only played on special teams. So. Yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty puzzling. Yeah. They completely flipped the RB room like upside down. No idea. I um, I probably would move on from Keontae Ingram. I I wouldn't have been super yeah. excited to roster him in the first place. It looks like our Demercado hunches were correct. So, um, we'll we'll talk a little bit about Demercado later on. But before we dive into the Week Eight wire and share our targets, we want to thank you for supporting the Regression of the Mean podcast. We appreciate you for listening. And really joining us on this journey and being a part of the mean team. If you haven't had the chance, we'd love it if you subscribe to this channel, liked this video, and dropped any of your questions in the comments below. We are marching towards our goal of a thousand subscribers before the end of the season. We're at six hundred and twenty-eight. Come on, we we believe we believe in the mean team. Let's hop on board. We appreciate it. We're dropping some of the best content you can find for a smaller channel. Aiden, you ready to you ready to jump in this wire? Let's dive in. So if Let's you are new in. to our waiver wire show, first off, welcome. Second, we are looking for guys that are under 35% ownership on Sleeper. If you're a veteran of these episodes, you also know that Aiden and I sometimes go over that 35% threshold because some of these guys are just too important not to go after, right? Oops. Oopsie. Um Oop. Aiden, let's start at running back this week. I'm going to let you go first. Who do you have as your primary target uh, on the wire? Yep. Uh, I feel like we should probably just say both of these guys, given they're, they're both on the same team here. Um, Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman should be priority yes. ads. Um, Daryl Henderson is, is, is personally the one I would rather have. But given the snap share, Daryl Henderson, um, he's 35% owned. He started in 13% of leagues. He, they are playing the Dallas Cowboys, so not an ideal matchup. But he, yeah, he had 57% of the snaps, 18 carries for 61 yards and a tutty, caught one of his two targets for five yards. Like we mentioned in our recap last night, it looked like he pretty much missed like no time at all, like completely plugged back into that offense and was exactly what I personally remember Dale Anderson looking like in that offense. So this is the one I'd rather have, but Royce Freeman's worth an add as well. He had 43% of the snaps yesterday, 12 carries for 66 yards. So pretty efficient. That's over five yards a carry. Um, looked pretty good doing it. Both of these guys looked really strong. The Rams, um, you know, their identity is definitely, you know, it's not just playing it through the air. Like they're going to keep running the ball a ton. And these guys look more than capable uh, filling in 
uh, while Kieran Williams is out on IR. Um, I'm not spending a ton on either one of these guys. I'd say I'm probably at, you know, six, eight percent on Daryl Henderson, and I'd probably go about half of that on Royce Freeman, depending on how high you'd rather be on Daryl Henderson. Um, how do you feel about that backfield? Yeah, so, and here's how it shook out uh, last week. So you already hit on it a bit. Um, Daryl Henderson was the clear running back one. He saw 58% of the snaps, 58% of the attempts, 38% of the routes, 7% of the targets. He had 15 expected fantasy points. That's a re- he was like a top 10 fantasy role for Daryl Henderson yeah. in week seven. Royce, Fe- Royce Freeman, clear RB2, right, in this situation. Um, Royce Freeman, 42% of the snaps, 39% of the attempts, 19% of the routes, 0% of the targets. Uh, Freeman looked better in the in the limited run he got. He got 12 carries and five and a half yards per pop, which is pretty solid for Freeman. However, I think McVay really trusts Daryl Henderson. I don't know how long Kyron Williams is supposed to be out for. They're saying he's going to be back in week 12, keeping my fingers crossed that he is. Is Kyron Williams going to have an 80% workload when he comes back now that you know we've proven that Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman are worth getting involved? I have a feeling Daryl Henderson continues to play some sort of role throughout the rest of the season for this team. So I would prioritize Henderson over Freeman. Freeman kind of being the handcuff. Yeah, yeah. Like Freeman being, like if anything happens to Henderson, Freeman's going off, right? Um, Yeah, and this is the nature of this. Freeman needs to be on your roster. I think Daryl Henderson's someone you could start easily next week. So because of that, I think I could be happy to be a little more aggressive considering we're later in the season. And who knows if Kyron comes, you know, there's just, there's so many variables that, you know, we just, in week 14, it's just like, oh, Daryl Henderson's just the starting running back for the Rams. You just never know. So I'd be willing to get a little more aggressive with Henderson around like 10% of fab. Royce Freeman, probably like five, four or five percent. Yep. Don't get too nuts yeah, here. Freeman's rostered in 26% of leagues. Daryl Henderson, 36. I think, however, and I think we'll have to like say this context though, Aiden, is you might have to get a little aggressive with Henderson if he's still out there. Um, yeah, people are kind of, I would say desperate, but like, you know, injuries have plagued people and like, you're looking for running backs anywhere you can find them. You might have to go a little more than that, depending on what your roster is and, you know, like who your league mates are. So if you're in a situation where you had A-Chan and you have to get through two more weeks of A-Chan being injured and you desperately need an RB2, I would be happy to get a little aggressive with Henderson, right? And Henderson's... Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. if you know you've got help on yeah. the way. That That's honestly how I'd approach it. But those are the f- number two. And again, Henderson, 36%. Freeman rostered in, I think it was 20 26 percent so yeah i had 25 on mine so both of those guys are worth picking up another guy that i think is worth picking up at running back here is amari demarcado so someone we highlighted two weeks ago somebody who absolutely threw up a dud in week (laughs) six and then somebody who just had a phenomenal role in week seven against the seahawks so demarcado and williams were the only running backs to get a snap on this offense ingram who led the team in rushes in week six Again, only played on special teams. His role, 87, 80% of the snaps, 52% of the attempts, 56% of the routes, 14% of the targets, 13 expected fantasy points. Good luck trying to figure out this running back room while James Conner's out, but it, we now have two weeks of Demarcado being good. So in just it, the way it's looking at us, right, he needs to be the guy you, you roster, in my opinion. 
um, at 20% rostered. A lot of people dropped him after that dud he had in week six. I would scoop him back up. What are your thoughts on Demercado? Yeah, I'm I'm just confused, like, what happened in week six and, like, why no he got no run and Ingram did, and then it completely flipped. So, like, I'm not comfortable starting any of them no. personally. Um, if I had to roster one of them, it'd be uh, Demercado, 5% max. Um, just the usage is puzzling. Like, who knows? Maybe it flips again. Like, I, I doesn't really make any – like, it, Ingram didn't look bad in week six by any means, too. Like, it's not like, you know – he got his touches and looked awful. Like he looked fine. He looked pretty serviceable. And then you give this guy 80% touches like out of nowhere. It's just, it doesn't really make sense what they're doing in the backfield. And James Connor, you know, he could be back in two weeks. So it's like, don't get crazy yeah. here, but this is probably the guy you want. Yeah. Any other running backs that you're looking to add? Yeah. Uh, Pierre strong. Yeah, Pierre um, strong absolutely too. worth a look here. Yeah. With, um, Jerome Ford out. I wouldn't be surprised if he lands on the IR, to be completely honest. Um, that high ankle sprain. Uh, obviously, Kareem Hunt looked pretty good. He's rostered. I think it was around 70% of leagues. This is the only other running back that touched the ball on Sunday once he went out with injury. Um, looked fine. Eight carries for 25 yards. Obviously, didn't get a whole lot of looks. But this is probably going to be, you know, like your early down running back, whereas we kind of know what Kareem Hunt's role is. He's, you know, pretty consistently the third down back, um, you know, normally um, around there in the red zone as well. But um, yeah, Pierre Strong is worth the flyer. Like I'd rather have Pierre Strong than De Mercado probably. Um, I think I know with more certainty what Pierre Strong's role, uh, what Pierre Strong's role is going to be um, versus De Mercado. So I would probably prioritize him behind the two Rams running backs and then De Mercado last. I like Pierre Strong. We still don't know the status, right, of Ford's ankle injury. I think IR would make sense. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I think Hunt's going to be the starter, but for sure. Again, they don't I don't think they envision Kareem Hunt as a bell cow, right? And I think him coming off the couch as of like three weeks ago, I don't think they want to just run him into the ground. Like this is a team that wants to go to the playoffs and make a run, right? So I think they're going to yep. need I can't believe I'm saying this. A healthy Kareem Hunt to do this is such a weird year. I don't even <laughs> envision it. Like they didn't yeah. want him to start with. But here we are. I'm just shocked how good Kareem Hunt looks. Like he was dust ball last year. Um, and he looks yeah. like a m way better player this season, much fresher, more athletic. Yeah, but I think yeah. they want to keep good. that same punch. And I think the only way you do that is not by giving him a ton of touches. I think you have to kind of mix him in. So wouldn't be shocked if this is like a 50-50 strong hunt split. Uh, I, I, I yeah, really I wouldn't. Um, and I think the high-value touches are going to go to hunt in the red zone, which we want. But Pierre Strong is definitely somebody that should be picked up. 4% rostered. I, I think he's he's definitely – I don't know if you can start him right away, but I definitely think you wait a couple weeks and you might get an idea of like what his role is going to be, or at least one week. Um, Oh, my goodness. I was going to have – Keaton Mitchell as as a recommendation, but he hurt his hamstring. I'm in shambles. No, that's tough. He's week to week. Oh, this is brutal. Yeah, don't 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 go pick up Keaton Mitchell. He has a hamstring injury. <laughs> um, Last one I had oh, is it. They're both cheating. They're on the same team. Um, I would go look at uh, Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson in your league. See if either one are available. Roshan is likely to be cleared on Wednesday, finally. I don't know why it took three weeks, um, but Roshan is back. This is a Bears team that just averaged just under five yards a carry and is playing a pretty poor 
Los Angeles Chargers um, rush defense this Sunday. Um, I don't know what the split would look like if they're both healthy. Obviously, we just saw Deontay Foreman go for RB1, but they are super high on Roshan. So it's more so just go take a look. If those guys are on your waiver wire, absolutely put in some claims on them. Roshan at 59%, Foreman at 63%. They're probably owned, but... Probably owned, but... Definitely go yeah, snag them. People may have given up on Roshan, given he hasn't really done anything and was injured. Uh, last one here, and he's probably owned in the leagues you play in, but just a quick shout-out to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, who's rostered in 50% of leagues. This backfield's basically a 60-40 split now between Mondre and Zeke. Mondre remains the premier option in fantasy, considering what he does as a pass catcher. Uh, Mondre just had a 20% target rate in Week 7. But Zeke had two more carries in this one over Ramondre, and he scored another touchdown in a goal-to-goal situation. Zeke is just somebody you should have on your roster. He's basically like a Jalen Warren type at this point and you can definitely start him in a pinch pinch because he gets goal line work and he's gonna get like 12 to 13 carries a game so probably rostered at 50 percent. i wouldn't get too crazy with fab really for any of these guys i think pure strong you, you have a decent bid here at like five percent zeke maybe like three percent five percent rest of season value but none of these guys are really you know, change in your life, maybe outside of Daryl Henderson for the next two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's it for running back. It's not very, it's not very exciting. It's not great. Yeah. But we got to, you know, we got to put our lunch, we got to put our hat, hard hats on and get our lunch pails yeah. and go to work, baby. <laughs> Fantasy doesn't do stop for anybody here. Um, moving on to wide receivers. I think a popular name is going to be Josh Downs. Uh, Josh Downs yeah, is yeah. is rostered in fifty two percent of leagues. We've been banging the Josh Downs drum for a couple weeks now, but uh, he he's gone over thirteen fantasy points in in four of his last five games. He's the clear wide receiver two in this offense. He's probably not out there, but if he's out there, he had a mega performance against the probably toughest matchup that you could have as a wide receiver against the Browns secondary. Go go pick up Josh Downs. Like uh, that that's an easy yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I had him too. Uh, an- another guy we've been talking about too that had another really good week is Kendrick Bourne. Um, he's had two. He had two really good weeks out of six before coming into this week. Put together a really nice performance. Uh, yeah, his last two weeks, ten of eleven targets for eighty nine yards, just under twenty points. This week followed up six of seven for sixty three yards and a tutty. Sixteen points looks to be the clear wide receiver one in that offense. Mac Jones is starting to look slightly better. Don't look now. Mac Jones is starting to look at least, you know, competent at the quarterback position. And, you know, he's the top receiving option and he's dirt cheap. So, um, yeah, he should be he should be owned more than 39% in my opinion. When Kendrick Bourne has played over 80% of the snaps this season, he has averaged 16.5 fantasy points per game. So you can see here just on the play screen. Him. Just play um, I think some of these are impacted by blowouts, right? But when he is playing, uh, he is doing well. Uh, he clearly has built a rapport with Mac Jones. And over the past three weeks, he has been the wide receiver 20. So he's he's pretty much in locked and loaded flex play at this point with bye weeks and injuries. Not a sexy name, but should be on your rosters. And at 39%, um, he, that should be more like fifty to fifty-five percent, in my opinion, on sleeper. Yeah. What are you yeah, What agree. are you bidding on Bourne? Like eight percent? Yeah, it depends what your wide receiver room looks like. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah, eight, ten percent. If you you're really him, desperate, you could start him like, like in a pinch, dude. Like, which is super. And valuable. if you're in a deep league, like some of the leagues we're in, like where you have like you know three wide receivers plus like two flexes, like you're probably starting Kendrick Bourne probably. at this point. So probably eight. But like you could talk me into fifteen, twenty, depending on what your roster looks like, and like you, it like if you need help, there's. There's a lot worse options right now than Kendrick Bourne on the waiver wire at this point of the year. Matchups against Miami, Washington, and they just got toasted. And Indy. Yeah. I mean, those are all pretty decent spots for, yeah. for for him. I don't hate it. Another guy that I have here is is Jaden Reed, um, who's somebody that I've called out pretty much every other week here. So Christian Watson's probably going to miss time. This Packers offense is dreadful, right? But Reed is able to get open. He's shown pretty decent rapport with Jordan Love so far this season. He's scored nine or more fantasy points in four out of six games. And he's been relatively consistent, even though his snaps and looks and targets haven't. He's a priority ad for me this week. We don't know what's going to happen with Watson, but I'm willing to go like 10 to 12% on Jaden Reed, considering that Watson may be missing time. And then all of a sudden... He's clearly the number two again. Uh, they have matchups against Minnesota, the Rams, Steelers, Chargers, Detroit. These are all teams that have gotten beaten by wide receivers. So Reed is the type of rookie that breaks out in the second half of years typically. So that's why I'd be uh, aggressive with Reed. He's rostered in 26% of sleeper leagues. You'd rather have Jaden Reed than Kendrick? Depends. So am, am I trying to... Am I like really trying to paper over injuries um, and really like I'm like week to week trying to win every single game because someone's on IR, or I'm dealing with issues, right? Then I'd probably go Kendrick Bourne. If you're like a loaded contender and you're trying to stack up for, for a stretch run in the fantasy playoffs, Jaden Reed has that type of profile where he's just going bananas in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. So that's, I'd probably say for week eight, Eight, Kendrick Bourne is more valuable for the second half of the season. I think I'd like Jaden Reed more for upside. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a fair fair analysis. Who else you got a wide receiver? It it's kind of rough out there. One I just wanted to flag. I don't know if I'm rostering him yet. Is OBJ quietly actually had a pretty good week? Thirty nine percent roster, thirteen percent started. Caught five of his seven targets for 49 yards, which, again, it doesn't, you know, scream off the sheet there, but, like, it is his best output of the year. Um, you know, age 30, he's pretty removed from, like, fantasy relevance, for lack of better words. But you've got to acknowledge um, what he did this week. You know, Lamar looks like he's just on an absolute tear. He's playing at an MVP level. And OBJ could potentially be a beneficiary. Obviously, we think... Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews are the top two options in that passing offense, but who knows? Maybe there's a world where OBJ starts carving into that target share and you know starts pushing Zay Flowers for some of those touches. So um, someone more just to put on your radar um, if you've got a deep bench or you know just ready to cut ties with someone. You know it's it's not an awful roster, less than five percent for sure. This isn't someone I'm I'm really going after aggressively, but. It's worth noting what he did last week compared to his um, body of work the rest of the season. Seven targets. You love to see that. And you're basically betting on this passing offense getting better throughout the rest of the season. I think it's a, a you know a dart throw. Um, I think yeah. both him and Bateman are interesting. Uh, yeah, they both looked competent again. Yeah. 
uh, kind of on the exact opposite side of the spectrum here in terms of a player to target yeah, on, the other one on, I had, actually. on the wire is is Jalen Hyatt. So he's rostered in 14% of leagues. The sample size is still small with Hyatt, but his snaps, his routes, his targets, and his, project, and his production continues to kind of taper up and grow week in and week out. He turned in his best game as a pro this week against the Commanders, posting two catches for 75 yards and 9.75 fantasy points. Uh, this is coming after a four-target 21-catch game. He had a big catch against the Bills called back in Week 6. He remains a bench stash, right? He's highly volatile. Most of his targets are coming on deep shots. That's really how he's being utilized right now. Um, but he, he continues to make splash plays, and he clearly brings juice to this offense. And he's less of a developmental receiver than I think he's gotten credit for um, since he's came into the league so far. And um, I would just get him on your bench before he breaks out. That's really how I'd approach Hyatt. Yeah, the snap share to start with is really encouraging. Yeah. It's, you know, I was wrong on Paris Campbell. I was wrong on some of the other wide receivers on offense that just kind of aren't doing anything for them. And it feels like they've kind of gotten a group of wide receivers out there that are giving them some better looks and just like overall better um, options. So, yeah, uh, Jalen Hyde was actually the last guy that I had on my list as well. One last one, too, that I wanted to call out and I said to drop him two weeks ago is Brandon Cooks. So Brandon Cooks is rostered in 49% of leagues. So I told you to drop Cooks before he posted his best outing of the season on Monday night against the Chargers. Now, that might just be a product of playing the Chargers because the Chargers defense stinks. But I will tell you this. He actually looked fast. And if Brandon Cooks still looks fast, Brandon Cooks is going to be on the field. And if he still has his speed, I think he's going to see looks. So he's coming out of the bye. He should be healthier. He now has more time to gel with Dak Prescott. And on top of all of this, I think a bet on Cooks makes sense because it's a bet against Michael Gallup. And boy, Michael Gallup in week six against the Chargers had a 33% target share on 10 targets and was only able to cash in on five fantasy points. I just, I don't know, man. I think Gallup might be cooked. I, it looked like Gallup was showing signs of life two to three weeks ago. We highlighted it on this podcast. I feel like one of these guys has to emerge, right? right like i don't know someone has to right someone has to yeah they're gonna start getting in more favorable game scripts where like they have to throw the ball and like it's not just gonna be the cd lamb show like one of these guys is gonna be real i would bank on cooks as well yeah. personally that was my pick at the beginning of the season as we saw against the chargers actually looked pretty solid so we're hoping coming out of the bye um you can build on that with doc yeah but still his big game four for 36 and a touchdown uh so I don't know. That offense might just suck. We'll take that it. Offense yeah, we'll take it for suck. now. And then again, a, a deep, 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 deep stash is uh, Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas, rookie out of Liberty here. This is you playing a deep league. If you're in Scott Fishbowl, something like that. Um, when this guy's on the field, this Patriots offense looks pretty good. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't think we need to get too into the weeds, but he played his most snaps of the year. He had six targets, four catches, 54 yards. Looks pretty dynamic out there. He's more of like a kick returner type guy, but uh, Pop Douglas and deeper leagues, go check him out. I think the number one headliner on waivers this week is Kyler Murray. Yeah. And I think the news came out that Kyler Murray was going to be active last week. So odds, I mean, he, he got activated off the pup. I think it became pretty clear that Kyler was going to get picked up in a lot of leagues. We haven't had a chance to record since talking about Kyler Murray getting activated. Um, 
it's looking like he's going to be back by week nine or week 10. Sounds like he's auditioning to remain the Cardinals franchise QB. It sounds like he's making a push to play after a kind of a poor narrative has, has come out about him, his work ethic, does he like football? And it sounds like he's really driven to prove people like me wrong, right? In terms of I said, I don't think he's really that interested in coming back this year. And, you know, Kyler's fantasy production wasn't awesome last year before he got hurt. But that offense was a joke. I really like what they've done so far with Drew Petzing as their offensive coordinator. And I think Kyler would do super well in that system. He's a lottery ticket. Like, don't get your expectations too high, right? But this is Kyler freaking Murray. You know, if you lost Anthony Richardson and you're looking for that spark down the stretch, Kyler Murray, he could provide it, right? So I'm I'm pretty in on Kyler, uh, at least in just a dart throw. What do you think about him? Do you think he's going to do anything this year? I think so. Okay. Um, Kyler went healthy, dude. He's a top five, top ten fantasy QB most weeks. Um, like these QBs that obviously have like that like rushing floor. It's just like you know, it's an extra five, ten points every week. Like look, like look at this guy, man. When he's on, he's on. Um, I need it so bad. Good players around him. Like we've seen Josh Dobbs look competent in that offense. I think Kyler Murray is only going to take them, you know, levels higher. So. No, I completely agree. I I was able to scoop up Kyler in two leagues where I was QB needy um, and feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, he uh, we were we were a little wrong about him in terms of I was. You know, is he going to play? And How up. soon was he going to play? Like he could be like fully ramped up, fully rust off for like a fantasy football um, playoff run for you. Which who? Oh, oh what are his uh, matchups later in the year? Actually, just out of later, curiosity, later in the year he's playing. So if he plays Week Ten. He's playing against Atlanta, Houston, uh, the Rams, Pitt, San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Seattle. So, I mean, nothing like Swiss cheese, but nothing like he's playing the 85 Bears every week. Like, Yeah. They've already played yeah, no, San Francisco, so he already mailed in one of his worst matchups, right? And Seattle, he won't have to play Seattle twice. He won't have to play the Rams twice, right? Or do they ask? He has to play the Rams twice, it looks like. Is that a No. Uh, so that's fine. I mean, no, just once. yeah. So, yeah, I would get decently aggressive if you need a QB, even if you just got kind of average QB play. I, I, I'm probably at what, fifteen, oh, twenty, dude, depending I'd, on throw, what your quarterback gets, room looks like. I get super aggressive with Kyler. If you have like, if you're rolling out like Geno Smith and Sam Howell, like I am, to replace Richardson. Luckily, I swooped up Kyler for free, but I, I mean, like fifteen to twenty percent, like get aggressive. Yeah, that's what get, I was thinking get too. Aggressive. Yep. And then all the other receivers, I don't think we hit fab bid, but like probably maybe Cooks, you do like low, 3%. On Hyatt, you probably don't have to put a bid down. Jaden Reed, we already talked about getting a little aggressive there, like maybe 10 to yeah. 12%. And then Kendrick Bourne, probably in the same range. Uh, and then the other quarterback I had was just Desmond Ritter. Um, oh, yeah. Other quarterback uh, I have is, I see. is Desmond Ritter. Have him. Um, I know there's a lot of hate with Desmond Ritter, but and he's because he's a bit of a turnover machine, right? Um, but that's an understatement. He's, he's thrown for 300. He's thrown for 250 yards three weeks in a row. He has three rushing TDs on the year. If he doesn't fumble that ball on the literal one inch line, he finishes with this, another top 12 QB finish. His next four weeks are at Tennessee versus Minnesota at Arizona. Bye. That's a pretty soft schedule for Desmond Ritter in like two QB leagues, super flex, like. Ritter, Ritter's sneaky, um, but you know I know people hate him, so I'm you know I'm not touching him. 
I I'd rather have Gardner Minshew. I think. Oh, jeez. Ritter's rostered in twenty percent of leagues. Kyler is rostered in forty nine percent, and Gardner Minshew is rostered in. 13% of leagues. So that's your poo-poo platter at quarterback this week. All right, tight end. You're ready to redeem yourself. Who uh, who are we picking up at, at tight end this week? Dalton Kincaid is a top, top, top priority. Just before we started recording, it was announced that Dawson Knox is actually getting wrist surgery. Uh, timeline to return is TBD. Dalton Kincaid also just like exploded out of nowhere. Like this is kind of what we thought he could be this year. Dude caught all eight of his targets, 75 yards. Like, this was awesome. The guy was like the offensive weapon that I feel like they, you know, were quoting him as, like, you know, kind of positionless. And it was awesome. Dawson Knox missing time, too. Like, this is a clear tight end one in that offense now. Could potentially be the number two, you know, option general behind Stephon Diggs. You know, Gabe Davis is forever going to be Gabe Davis, you know. Well, he's never really going to seize what's right in front of him, and that's fine. Um, Dalton Kincaid, especially at that onesie position, I'd be fairly aggressive if you've got a crap tight end, or even to like this guy could be flexible. Man, this is this is someone I am super excited about after watching him this week um, with the combination of the Dawson Knox injury. I had no idea Dawson Knox got hurt. Basically, every time that Kincaid is playing, when Dawson Knox isn't playing, Kincaid looks pretty good, as you can see here. Um, 41% rosters. It's a little bit over our, you know, 35% threshold, but you know, eight targets, 75 yards. You're going to take that every day of the week. 1000% at the tight end position. I think he was tight end six on the week. Another guy I recommended dropping, uh, last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What do we Oh, geez. Spoiled milk, spoiled milk. Um, I have two other tight ends. Did you have anything else at tight end? I have, I have one more. Do you have Taysom too? I have days. So oh, he only shows up when Alvin Kamara is healthy, dude. Look at <laughs> does nothing for the first five weeks, and of course he sh the last two weeks double digit. He's like the man, Cape he's Crusader. such a rat. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay, so here's the deal. Over the past two weeks, not only has Taysom so continued to have his little like running back package that he has, um, where he's commanding, you know, goal line touches as a rushing quarterback. He also has the third highest target share of any saint over the past two weeks, which is just fucking crazy. He has a 15% target share. Um, if he is seeing five targets per game plus his work at the goal line as a rushing quarterback, he's a must-roster player. I mean, that that's like that's like kind of a perfect role you'd want for like your, you know, coin flip tight end. You, you know, it's kind of insane. He scored 12 points and 16 points in back-to-back -back weeks. Um, if it becomes pretty clear that his, you know, eight target, five target games where he's being used as a pass catcher, if that goes away and he's losing the legit tight end work, I mean, you drop him really quickly, but if it's staying consistent that he's going to get targets this season, plus that rushing role, you have to have him on your team. And it's like a real sicko thing to say, but I think it's just the truth. Yeah, it, it probably has helped a little bit, too, that Juwan Johnson has been out the last three yeah, games. Good point. Um, but it just feels like he's just always going to be a Kamara pest. It's like every, every time you're inside the five, you're like, oh, finally, Kamara patered after he got four catches this drive. Incorrect. <laughs> Taysom Hill direct snaps. It, it's so annoying. But, like, 
again, at the tight end position, it's such like slim pickings a lot of times where if you can get 10 a game from your tight end and Taysom Hill, like you have to acknowledge it. Like he's he's kind of a cheat code given the position he actually plays and where you can put him in fantasy. So Kincaid, how much fab would you drop on Kincaid? Oh, Kincaid? Dude, I'm I'm probably like I would go to like 15 potentially. Okay. Okay. How much fab on I'm Taysom? pretty high on him. Taysom, I'm probably like half that. Okay. Like seven, like five. Last guy I have here is Gerald Everett, even though he's he's a bit banged up. Um, he's been a big beneficiary of the Mike Will injury. He's third in target share, third in first read targets since the injury. He's actually gotten the workload that we all thought Austin Eckler would get. Um, he's cleared double-digit fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. We'll monitor the quad injury. It doesn't appear to be too serious. But, you know, he's rostered 25% of leagues. If he's playing... He has a pretty damn good role as a tight end, back-to-back double-digit fantasy points. So uh, point weeks. What would you have a bid on Gerald Everett? Oh man, that's that's not very high for me. I'd probably be around five with Taysom. Okay. Um, okay. I'm probably about equal on both of them. I'm not. I'm not dying to pick up either one, but like you can get contributions from both. Yeah. What if Everett was healthy? I'm probably still around okay. the same as Taysom. Maybe okay. Barely higher, but yeah, it's like I don't know. Oh, oh, what do you think? If we had, if I knew that Gerald Everett was healthy, I'd I'd have him above Taysom. Yeah. It just seems like he has a locked in role. Much. He has a locked in role with Mike Will out. Um, yeah. If if Kincaid's fifteen and Taysom's five, I I don't think I'm more than like you know eight, eight. or ten on Everett. But I think yeah. you could rank him as a top twelve guy rest of the season. Yeah, uh, which is. Uh, pretty pretty valuable. I think it's one of those guys where you won't have to play tight end roulette, or it's like you can put him in your lineup and feel decent about it. Um, Kincaid's yeah, really interesting. You're not gonna get a goose egg. Kincaid's really interesting. But that's it. I'm very yeah. That's that's it for the waiver episode. Uh, me and team, we appreciate you for tagging along. If you have any start sit decisions, we're dropping a rankings episode throughout the week. We're gonna have wide receivers. We're gonna have running backs. We're gonna have tight ends. We're gonna have defensive streamers. That's why I know defensive streamers in this episode. We're gonna cover it a little bit later in the week. Um, drop your uh, questions and comments down in the comments below. If you have uh, waiver wire specific questions on who to drop, we're here to help. Aiden, before we jump, any other things you got to tell the mean team listeners at home? I got nothing today. Just feel free to keep roasting us. Keep free. free. Feel free to keep sending us your starts and decisions. Um, we love interacting with you guys, so keep sending them away. Go Niners. He didn't say it. Jeez. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time. I thought you were going to say go Niners.